The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. This is John Silver, lead recruiter of The Dark Order, and you are listening to All Things Elite. Welcome to the 134th episode of Social Suplex's podcast about AEW with the proclivity for positivity. Welcome to All Things Elite. My name is Austin Sumwitz and I am the host of this lovely show. Joining with me, as always, is my good buddy and friend, Floyd Johnson Jr. My man, how was your Christmas? My Christmas was awesome. So these crazy people from Michigan... Sent me a beautiful basket of Michigan stuff. I might have mentioned, mentioned this last week, but I got some Fago, which I, I got to figure out how to get it here because I like the rock and ride, red, uh, the red kind, and then the, yep. the rock and ride. They were delicious. I am a Fago guy. Um, yeah, then had some uh, chili dogs. Apparently, I picked the wrong one because I said I like Flint style more than Detroit style. Ooh, ooh! I was like, that's bad. I was like, maybe when I try them fresh when I'm there, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It might be a whole different experience. Uh, my wife made some uh, sauerkraut and sausages with some of the sausages that were in the bag. It was like, dude, I, I have to say, like, and this is this is truly what I'll, I'll say. It was the most thoughtful and creative gift ever. Like, you put thought into it. You know, you made it a whole theme. And it's just like, generally, you know, like I did, I'll be like, hey, you want this shirt? I'll buy it. You know, you want these pants? I'll buy it. But y'all decided to give me a piece of where you're from. And seriously, it warmed my heart. My wife was tired of hearing me talk about how awesome the gift was. <laughs> I was like, dude, no one, who does this? I was like, who does this? I was like, I'm not saying like, you know, I was telling people that. And they were like, well, you just, I was like, no, it was just the fact that, you know, you sent me a piece of you. You know what I mean? You're Michigan people. Even though, even though I have a strict rule against ever wearing hats of teams that are not mine, I, I put on the Michigan State hat and send Cynthia a picture. She will only be the only person in this world to have that picture. So <laughs> of me wearing a hat. And then I put the hat on. So it's from this company called Zephyr. Zephyr. And they're a kind of hat. I, I'm not a hat guy. Never like bought a hat. I've had hats bought for me. Never bought a hat. Not a hat guy. So it's from Zephyr. And there's the stretch fit hat. So you buy yeah, medium yeah. large, extra large, right? 
I put on this hat and my eyes open. And I look at my wife and I'm like, this is the most comfortable fucking hat I've ever put on in my life. Dude, I, yep, dude, I suggested that. I got a Pistons yeah. hat, like old school Pistons hat that's by that brand. I love those fitted hats that just have a specific size. Yes, and I was like, dude, this is most comfortable to the point where yesterday morning I bought a Florida State hat. Same brand, might you know, make but afford to say hat, and I'm a, I think I'm gonna be a hat guy now because I'm like, dude, this is a comfortable hat. So I, I you know, I'm not gonna go. I could go on forever about it because I just thought it was so awesome. But I appreciate you and your family thinking so much of me and getting that for me. I got a lot of cool other shit. This is kind of a Drew McIntyre Christmas. I got Drew McIntyre wearing the kilt. I got a Drew McIntyre signed pop. I got a, a, a very, uh, my wife got me Flo- uh, Florida State sweatpants because, you know, Florida State. Uh, yeah. My friends, and she got me new slides uh, because my other slides were actually kind of oversized. So she got, you know, ones that fit Patrick Mahomes and Boston Red Sox. And then I got a Boston Red Sox shirt. So I'm all in on my Red Sox. And yeah, it's just, I just had a really good Christmas and it kicked it off. I mean, your gift kicked it off and just made it. Just awesome. Unfortunately, I had to work all weekend because uh, my friend that is, we only have two people on our overnights. So my counterpart actually got COVID. So he got the Omicron, mm-hmm. but he was, he, he was vaxxed and boosted. So it, he pretty much said it presented like a, just a good cold. Yeah, no, and uh, I will say too. Yeah, the I I fought tooth and nail to try to make it a CMU hat, but the sister and the mom uh, won out on that. Uh, my mom will tell you one hundred percent the red Fago pop is her favorite. Uh, I suggested the Verners because I mean Verners is like all over the fucking place here. So, but yeah, we're that most of that was uh, Sydney and uh, my mom. I chipped in where I could, but they went all out on that for sure. So big shouts out to my family. The, the White Castles made me they, – they popped me. They popped yeah. me. No, I, 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 Sydney told me that, and I'm like, you realize how much this dude's going to go nuts for that? Yeah. I was like, the White, guy, the White Castles popped me. Wow, you can buy Frago on um, – on um fucking Amazon. So I'm well, there order, you go. I'm gonna order me a case. My wife's not a cream soda fan, but good lord, I took a sip and I was like, Oh my god, this has been missing from my life. Yeah. But and and big shout out of course to you for the two CM Punk shirts that I got. Not only did this dude end up getting me uh one of the old school uh cross fists before Punk even came back to wrestling where like he had his like few uh like the lightning fist one before he came back to wrestling and he just had shirts on pro wrestling tees but he also got me the goddamn cm punk street fighter shirt which i was trying to get like well i wanted to get but i just didn't have the time to and hell dude now there's like fucking four other cm punk shirts that have come out that i'm gonna fucking go ballistic for i've already sent sydney like four or five different t-shirt stuff that i'm like yo i want this for my birthday because it's in like a like two or three weeks and she's like dude you're giving me so many fucking t-shirts and i'm just like i can't help it dude like there's too many that are coming out that i want yes it's it's because that goddamn fucker from chicago like he's gonna ruin my wallet i get paid friday and already i'm hoping i'm hoping for one specific shirt i'm not gonna mention until later in the show and then I want the war paint shirt because I think that's like the coolest fucking shirt ever. Dude, that was the and, one of them. That was one of them I wanted to. I was so, like, motherfucker. So as soon as as soon as they put out the picture, I literally tweeted shop AEW and said I would pay for this on a shirt. 
And then, yep. like, the next day it was a shirt. I imagine I wasn't the only one to tweet that. Oh, yeah, when they yeah. tweeted out the print, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, and then uh, number two, uh, you know, is Hook. They put out a decent Hook shirt. The Sin Hook the shirt. The Sin Hook shirt. I'm like, how do you how, how do you have the son of Taz with a shirt and the shirt not have orange in it? I mean, Drew, it's like it was about time that they got it. It, it took it, them two it, tries, it, but they got it. But, yeah, the first shirt sold so well. Like, Hey, you get another shirt, and he got a uh, and he got a knit hat. Come on, that dude's white hot right now, and it's just like he's wrestled two matches. You know, one we'll talk about, but yeah, it's it's crazy how hot he is. It's just been a good week. Uh, unfortunately, today I'm going to bring this up. This is non wrestling. I want to send an R.I.P. out. I am 40 years old, and the first time I played Madden, I was 12. In 93, uh, my uh, brother-in-law, Mario, brought it over to my house on Sega Genesis. And I played it for the first time. I had been a Tecmo guy, so I was life, left, right playing. So I didn't get this whole up, down playing thing. But I've literally, since 95, I have bought Madden every year. No, no, no fail. Every year since 1995. I mean, I think it was like 2007, I might only played it once. But I, it's a game. It's a staple of my life. And another staple of my life was the voice of my generation when it came to football. His name was John Madden. Today, John Madden passed away at the age of 85. So RIP, or this will be December 28th when it happened. RIP John Madden. I, uh, I've put many different tributes under my regular accounts. But just to say... That he was like a football, I guess he would be a grandpa based on his age, but it was more like a football uncle. He was a professor. He was, as far as what I've learned about football, anything that as everyone knows, one of my passions other than wrestling is football. I learned my passion. I learned the game. I learned how to watch football for over many years listening to the man, the myth, the legend, John Madden. So I want to send a big RIP out to John Madden. I have shed many tears tonight, and that is not uh, that is not for show or anything. I have shed many tears because it it literally it feels like like a literally a part of me has passed away. So RIP, John. Yeah, and as a sports broadcaster, I mean, like this man wore every single hat in the sport of football that you could. He was a player. He was one of the most winningest coaches in the history of the NFL. Got himself a Super Bowl in 76 with those those ragtag Raiders, uh, even though they beat the Vikings, which, you know, I'll get over, I guess. Um, and then, of course, he made the jump to uh, broadcasting. And every single athlete and every single football player who makes the jump into being a broadcaster, I think, would probably set their benchmark of what they try to reach as a broadcaster as John Madden because he spoke – as the everyman for football and would bring in people who weren't familiar with football and like really talk to them and explain and was one of the few people that like, I mean, he was the reason why the drawing of the plays and like showcasing that that's why that got popular because John did that. So as a broadcaster, you can't not look up to John Madden in terms of football of just how much this guy influenced the way that broadcasting football has become so yeah, massive rest in peace to him. Um, we're gonna bring things up a little bit more though, and get into pro wrestling, of course, with Absolutely. AEW. 
We've got a holiday bash week to talk about. Uh, so there's a lot to talk about with AEW and uh, for Dynamite and Rampage. But before we get into everything, though, make sure you guys continue to download this fine show on Google or Apple Podcasts. If you listen to us on Spotify or any other podcasting platforms, give us a share with your friends, family, coworkers, whoever you wish. You can leave us a rating and a review. And if you're so inclined, you can leave a donation through our podcast provider, Red Circle. But the easiest way to support us is on social media. On Twitter, we are at ATElitePod. At Social Suplex are the guys that make this show possible, and they have a whole bunch of other shows you should check out on their network, so check those out. I am at Austin Sumowitz, S-Z-U-M-O-W-I-C-Z, and Floyd is at Floyd Johnson Jr. on Twitter. And the big news of the week is we talk about commentators. Jim Ross, the legendary Jim Ross, fighting uh, his skin cancer, going through treatment that he's been posting about and sharing and been fighting it every single day tooth and nail for through this he will be returning for the final AEW dynamite on tnt for new year's bash jim ross will be back at the booth massively excited to see his return i know this man is not going down with a fight without a fight when it comes to this treatment stuff so to see him return to the booth very excited very happy for that and I'm I'm hoping this dude is doing well because I mean he is one of the voice like we talk about a voice of a generation for John Madden. Jim Ross is a hundred percent the voice of a generation when it comes to pro wrestling. And even outside of that, I mean like this dude is a legend. So very happy that he will be making his return uh when you guys are hearing this uh tonight, in fact. Yes. He you know, the term tougher than a two dollar steak that he made famous. Man, this dude is proving it. Tomorrow, he will have his 20th and final radiation treatment, which is, you know, basically shooting poison in your body to try to kill cancer. Tomorrow or Wednesday, uh, 29th morning, and then he'll be shooting a show the night of the 29th in Jacksonville. You know how hardcore that is? You know how many people... My dad, uh, my dad had leukemia, and my dad, Purple Heart... You know, Vietnam vet, toughest man I ever knew. And, you know, radiation and all that kind of stuff, you know, dropped him. He didn't couldn't do much of anything at the end of the day. And, you know, he would tough it out, of course, sometimes because he, you know, shit had to get done. And that's how he saw it. And Jim Ross to say, hey, I'm going to go do this show afterwards you know, in the condition, you know, of after having radiation shot into, you know, his skin, that is tough. That is tough. My definite thoughts and admiration. I've had, I've admired Jim Ross my whole life. Just him going through this and how positive he stayed. And, you know, he's been through a lot over the last few years and how positive he has stayed and how he keeps fighting. That is another reason he's one of my heroes. Absolutely. And as again, somebody who loves pro wrestling and wants to be a commentator, Jim Ross is by far one of the greatest. So I'm very happy to see him return. I mean, this dude, he he is two do- tougher than a $2 steak. That's for certain. But we'll move into the first part of Holiday Bash being AEW Dynamite being taken place at the historic Greensboro Coliseum in Greensboro, North Carolina. And the show opened up with Adam Cole Bebe going one-on-one with freshly squeezed Orange Cassidy. Now, 
aren't uh, Adam Cole and of course uh, Bobby Fish have been going after best friends for a while now, and Adam Cole especially has had issues with Orange Cassidy. These guys had a very strong opening matchup. Uh, Orange Cassidy uh, doing a great work of just continuing to just like he got the shit kicked out of him for a good part of this match as well. And to the point where at one point Cole was just screaming at him to stay down. Uh, eventually, uh, uh, while the match is going on, not only does uh, the Young Bucks and Brandon Cutler come down, which did not end up well for Brandon Cutler, but uh, Bobby Fish came down to uh, be at Adam Cole's side while this is going on. And he ended up coming down and distracting Bryce Remsburg, which led the opening for Kyle O'Reilly to jump into the ring, unbeknownst to Bryce, attack Orange Cassidy, Adam Cole gets the boom kick, and that's the finish. Best friends try to come out and help out, but end up getting jumped by a team that is very much undisputed. And then the Bucks come out as Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly, and Bobby Fish stand side by side in the ring, and they seem very confused about what this surprise was that Adam Cole was talking about and like so this is it and like was like they seem a little bit like they don't know what to think and Adam Cole leaves and following behind him is O'Reilly and Fish the Undisputed Era the original Undisputed Era that debuted at NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 3 that I saw debut live at the Barclay Center, they are <laughs> the, that, reunited uh, once uh, again. And let me edit that. That we saw Davey yes. live at the uh, at Brooklyn and the Barclay Center. We didn't even know each other, and we no. were we were at the same event. Uh, of course, my guy, everyone knows my guy, Drew McIntyre. So he was main eventing that show, and he came out to Scottish and – you know, he wins, and then I see the three, and I was just like, and I just like, this is a moment. I look at my friends that are with me, and I say, this is a moment we will never forget. Where you were when the Undisputed Era, or they weren't that one their turn, but when those three arrived. And now, last week, everybody in Greensboro, I salute you, because you were there when the Undisputed Elite showed up. Because I, I imagine they're going to have to change their name. I, me, personally, I would just go with the name Undisputed. Personally. Yeah. And, and no, but, you know, they're, you know, they'll get sued if it's too close. No, yeah. If Even if it's yeah. close, you know they're going to come after them for it. Yeah. I mean, it's going to it's gonna have to be something. Maybe they'll go off of just Red Dragon and then just kind of move from there. Yeah, because they had a different name I, I, before Undisputed Era. Undisputed Era is their most famous name, but the three-man group had a uh, different name before. I'm excited for this three-man group. Um, I, I, You know, I, we've been hearing whispers for, like, literally since AEW started that there's just going to be these beautiful trios belts. Oh my God! Did, did, did you tell me the trios division isn't just lit already? You Hell. got you got those three. You got uh, the Bucks and Kenny if you want to go that way. Jurassic uh, Express, Jurassic Express with Christian. Uh, you got you got Sting, Punk, and Darby if they want to go for the belts. I'm like you. I mean, honestly, I say those two point oh and Daniel Garcia, Team Taz. Um, 
any combination of the Dark Order. <laughs> you know, it's like you can do this all day. Uh, any combination of the Inner Circle if you want to go Sammy and uh, PNP if you want to. Uh, there's so many different variations of a trio's belt and because of the nature of AEW I think they could pull it off you know maybe we get Trace Fuegos maybe we get there's a a, a third Fuego out there to go with uh, Fuego <laughs> 1 and Fuego 2 so I don't know but it's just man it's just heating up and I I've never been a trio's belt person just never really cared about it but good lord it's just like it seems like AEW is literally built for one right now Considering that they're one of the few companies that I watch that uh, can make six-man matches entertaining or multi-man matches, like, honest to God, like, you put titles on the line with that and then you raise the stakes for those types of matches, I will actually give a shit about, like, if a trios match is announced. Like, I know when a trios match is announced that, okay, it'll be pretty good, or if a multi-man match is announced, I'll be like, all right, this should be fun. Uh, but if there's titles under on the line for it, and then these are also just top guys that they can get as much time as they want to do so, I'm I'm gonna have to like reevaluate how I feel about trios matches because they might change their my mind on it. Absolutely, and then the big thing about the trios matches and the multi man matches in AEW is simply I feel like they matter. I feel like they're trying to win. And maybe maybe that's just, you know, like, they're not just thrown together to give you something to get to the next thing. The matches matter. Who wins matter. Who gets the pin matters. I feel like that's the difference between AEW and what I consider other uh, usual American multi-man matches. Yeah, 100%. Moving on, though, we had Hangman Adam Page, the AEW world champion, being interviewed by Tony Schiavone. Basically asking him about the rematch that will be happening on the first episode of Dynamite of the New Year, airing on TBS for the first time, the rematch between Hangman Adam Page and the American Dragon Brian Danielson. So Hangman talked about the 60-minute draw that they had in their first match. He said he was covered in sweat, covered in blood. He got handed back the title, and when they went to commercial, he walked up the ramp, looked at the title, saw his reflection, and he never felt less like a champion. So he just feels disappointed after what happened. Brian immediately interrupts the interview, calls him an entitled millennial cowboy. And he's like, oh, he's disappointed even though he's still champion. Poor cowboy. But you know what? These fans should be disappointed because I kicked your ass for 60 minutes. And if anyone should be AEW champion, it should be me. And he talked about how, like, oh, I wrestled all of your little bozo friends and I – I was dealing with an injury going into the match, so that's why that you even lasted that long. So you know what? Regardless, next next match it's going to be completely different. Uh, and he's like, I'm not wrestling at all up until January 5th. But look, if Hangman's just going to stall for another 60 minutes, so I, you know what? We're going to have that same issue. So you know what? The true AEW champion will be crowned because next time I propose judges. So that way, if you stall, we still have a decisive winner. And he was like, hey, man, was like, you know what? Creative. Uh, it took You took me past 30, past 40, past 50 minutes, took me to deep waters. But in the final seconds, I swam. And if I just had three more seconds, I would have drowned you. So hey, man, Adam Page is going to prove that he's come too far 
spill too much blood to have someone tell him he's a B-plus player. That's horse shit. So the question is, can Hangman beat Brian Danielson in less than, any hour, less than an hour? The answer is yes, yes, yes. So we're going to have a 60-minute match once again for the AEW title, but instead of a draw now, there are going to be judges like this is a boxing or an MMA fight. So we're going to have legit judges to grade on who won the match depending on, like, I guess, strikes or finishing moves or I don't know how, but you know what? I'm intrigued. I like the idea of of Danielson being like, I out-wrestled you the entire time, so we should have judges because if you end up just waiting around, waiting for the 60-minute draw to retain your title, I should still be champion, so the judges are going to be saying I won. I like the idea. I don't know how it'll play out, but I like the idea. So the thing about AEW is they're so good at this. All I started wondering is who is the ju- who are the judges going to be? Like in the history of wrestling, when they do this, it doesn't ever come down to the judge. Okay, it doesn't. But a lot of times the judges they pick up three, and it ends up being the judges are a way to build to the next feud. Like I remember. Uh, I think it was Flair and Steamboat, and I think they had judges. Flair just won, and then Terry Funk beat him up, and that that was how uh, they started the Terry Funk feud. So I'm keeping it like, okay, is Mox going to come back and be a judge? Is Omega going to come back and be a judge? You know, I'm just like, I got all these thoughts running through my head. Do they go outside and bring the ROH world champion, Jermaine Gresham? There's so many different things that they can do as far as with the judges to decide and build on who the next Hangman contender is going to be or whatever. If Hangman wins or Brian Danielson wins, I think Brian Danielson win, winning will be a bold choice. We'll discuss it next week more when we're previewing, but I just think that would be a bold in a capital capital dark letters choice. And, uh, you know, because Hangman, man, people have been wanting this for years. So, uh, I, I you know, uh, a short reign I don't think would go over too well with our passionate fan base. But we will see. I'm looking forward to this. I thought this segment was perfectly done. I, f- I feel like this was wrestling. You know, there's pro wrestling. That, you know, there is, you know, the sports entertainment, which WWE does, has has made their own. But this was pro wrestling. This is 1980s Crockett country, Ric Flair, Ric Flair and like Sting. We're gonna we're gonna go another hour. We need three judges because yeah, uh, because we we don't know if we can finish off each other in an hour. It's gonna be amazing. First match, first show on TBS. Let's fucking go. Yeah, that's not if that's not a selling point for your debut on TBS. I don't know what is. Um, we had an MJF promo with the Pinnacle backstage where we continue to tease Wardlow eventually breaking off from MJF. That's pretty much that. And then we led into Wardlow having a match against Captain Sean Dean where he got powerbombed over and over and over and over and over again until, once again, Sean Spears was like, yo, he's had enough, he's had enough. And then Wardlow put his boot on him, pinned him, Spears Stealing the spotlight for the last few seconds goes slamming him on Dean with the steel chair after the match. That's your lot. It's a squash match. There's not really much else we can say about that. So today on Dark, uh, <laughs> Warlow looks at uh, Sean, uh, Sean Spears. And Sean Spears 
one of the best just overall performers in yes. wrestling to me. Uh, uh, Warlow looks at him. He's like, you're kind of going overboard with the chair shots. He looks at him and like points at the chair and says, chair man. That's kind of my thing. <laughs> like, like, no shit. That's what I do. <laughs> it's like, yeah. uh, so it was just such a funny, simple moment. Uh, you know, I, I know so a lot of people don't, uh, some people don't watch Dark and Dark Elevation. There's some hidden gems in there. Tonight, Sonny Kiss and Joey Janela were in like a street fight, no rules, no match. It was very entertaining. A different side of Sonny Kiss, a much more aggressive side of Sonny Kiss. Don't miss out on these matches because they lead to stuff that happens on Dynamite eventually. I don't know if this is going to lead, if anything tonight's going to lead to it. But it's like I said, it's a continuation between the whole, you know, accountability buddy type thing. So, uh, but yeah, thought this was solid match. Warlow squashes are my favorite squashes. There you go. We then had the joy of hearing Dan Lambert in a skybox with Men of the Year, Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page. Talking about how Tony Khan, man, uses a buddy system. Um, you know what? Scorpio Sky, he's one of the few people to who pinned Chris Jericho not once but twice. Ethan Page has wrestled better than anyone in this company. But on Christmas night, they're going to have to watch Cody wrestle. And he's like, you want proof of his buddy system? Look how he's treating me. He gave me an impossible task. He wants me to get you to cheer for Cody Rhodes. How am I going to do that when Cody's a bigger dick than I am? okay and then basically he talks about i don't care who you cheer or boo in sammy's title defense against cody on christmas my only concern is that one of my guys gets the next title match and we don't need any help from tony khan on that regard so basically screaming about how cody gets title match after title match after title match because he's an evp and he plays buddy buddy with tony khan and of course like goes like oh i gotta heal it up so that way you'll like cody more like that's ridiculous. That level of self-awareness is scary. I'm not used to that when it comes to uh, pro wrestling. So, like, that that level of self-awareness is, like, genuinely, like, what the fuck? I, 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 like, what am I supposed to do? Like, you're self-aware of, like, exactly what's happening right now. So, I mean, we're going to get into more about Cody when we get into uh, the Christmas Day Rampage. But, I mean, this was a damn good promo, I think, from Dan talking about uh, – leading into when one of their guys uh, gets a shot for the TNT title and then just digging in on Cody and just chipping away at his character, which has been showing signs of wear and tear uh, when it comes to what fans are expecting, I think. Well, let me tell you something, Austin. All right. All right. No, no, no. I'm just kidding. I, I think uh, Dan Lambert's brilliant. Uh, the fact that Cody's a bigger dick than he is, uh... That's questionable. Cody is a confident man. I'm not going to say he's a dick. He's very confident in his abilities. So there you go. Um, yeah. So you want to talk about title shot after title shot after title shot title shot. You know, you don't want to kill a good promo with the truth, right? Cody lost his belt to Darby Allen in full gear at 20. Full gear 2020. You know what he hasn't had in that whole year since then? Mainly a storyline, but also not a title. <laughs> not one title shot. Not one. It went from Darby. He didn't get a rematch against Darby. It went to Miro. It went to Sammy. No title shot anywhere in there. A whole year without a title shot. 
Do you know Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks? Neither one has went a full calendar year without a title shot. I just want to throw that out there. Throw that out there, you know. You know, EVPs. I know. I know. You don't want to kill a good promo with the truth. But just saying. Just saying. There we go. There we go. Well, we then had Britt Baker, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, and Tony Schiavone's Christmas party that was taking place. And basically, Tony talked about how uh, she's got her upcoming match against Riho. Um, and she's like, I didn't slide in and take anybody's spot. I am the pulse of AEW. If you think 2022 is going to start with Riho dethroning me, you've got another thing coming. Riho is out of her league. You'll shoot your eye out, kid. Nice reference. Fair enough. I appreciate that. And it got a good, it got a good reaction actually. And it was a nice little promo to tease that match for, uh, the, the next title match. So yeah, that's that. Um, and we move on to the TBS Women's Title Tournament semifinal match between the runaway, the runaway Ruby Soho and the native beast Nyla Rose. Winner of this match will face the winner of Thunder Rosa versus Jade Cargill, which happens next week. Uh, first off, gotta say, fuck the dickhead with the sign. You know what sign I'm talking about. I don't want to hear anything about... Oh, it's taking a shot at a heel. A heel's supposed to have thick skin. Yeah, well, guess what? Your homophobic joke and your transphobic joke doesn't work. It's not a good joke. It's not funny. And you can take shots at heels without being transphobic. It's quite simple. You could say anything else. But you're being transphobic. You're being homophobic. You're just being, homopho- you're just being rude to LGBTQ+, and all that kind of shit. So... Kindly go fuck yourself. You got kicked out, and you ain't coming back. That simple. I appreciate Nyla, though, with the big middle finger. Right there. Just take it right there, and then they kicked him out. So, hope it was worth it. To that, I say ditto, and congrats to the security team and Sam for handling that as quickly as possible. Yeah, no, as soon as they noticed it, and as soon as Nyla pointed it out, brother was out of there, so... Again, hope it was worth it. So, you you spent how much money for those floor seats at Hard Cam? I know how much money that those types of seats can be, and you fucking blew it all in that shot, and you ain't coming back. So, way to fucking go! Like honestly, moving on to the actual match though, uh, Nyla like just fucking slammed Ruby a good amount of this match, whereas like I felt concerned for Ruby going into this because honestly, I was like. Man, Nyla's just wrecking shop when it came to Ruby. Uh, the match itself, I think, was really strong. I dug the nice uh, dragon sleeper uh, counter that she did on Nyla. Uh, eventually, though, while Nyla was uh, uh, off, hit with a beast bomb, uh, when Nyla hit a beast bomb on Ruby, Ruby just barely was able to get out of it, hit the no future uh, finisher, and then pinned Nyla to move on, despite the fact that her arm was being Worked on the entire match. She was still able to get the win. So she will face the winner of Thunder Rosa versus Jade Cargill. Um, while my thoughts on the match are that it was strong, and I it, the fact that it convinced me that Nyla might win was honestly the best part. Nyla worked really well, I think, in this match, just fucking throwing Ruby around. Um, this leads to the fact that it's going to be Ruby Jade, and this is going to be the biggest test, I think, for Jade. A hundred percent. So that's that's my call on it because I mean, like, 
while I would love Thunder Rosa versus Ruby Soho, I don't see a babyface babyface match for this uh, TBS final, TBS championship final. So this is the big test for Jade, honest to God. And even against Thunder Rosa, it's a big test too, depending on how long they let the match go. So I need to see some big steps up for Jade to really, especially if they end up going with her for the for the winner. Uh, I need to be. I need to see some big improvements. I think. I think they go with Thunder Rosa, and I do think we get the face to face title. Uh, that being the reason being, there's the real reason being, we were at all out. Correct. Uh, yes. And how did the battle royal end? Uh, with Ruby Soho winning it. Against who was her last opponent? Uh, Thunder Rosa. There you go, baby. They do long-term storytelling in this company. You come back to when you come back when the last time they were in two in the ring, Ruby Soho got the best of Thunder Rosa. Thunder Rosa, Ruby Soho. That way, you get a quality, good performer in the champion as the champion of the first champion of TBS. Maybe it leads to some kind of feud, but I just don't think Jade's ready for the spot. That's just me personally. Maybe they do it anyway, but because they are very talented performers, and I think they could both, you know, I'm not saying Jade is not a great wrestler. She's just green as shit, you know what I mean? So I think they could drag her to a really great performance and get her over if they want to, but I think if you want to go with your first champion, the TBS title is kind of the female version of the TNT title. You want to go with the great worker. You want to go with a, a wrestler that can carry the title and make a strong uh, a strong uh, first run. I think you go with Thunder or Ruby. I uh, yeah, hundred percent. Um, and I think that would be great. Um, my just thought is that again, I thought they'd go with the traditional babyface heel. Um, I, and, 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 they, and I completely understand that. I would, and even then too, I would also say that I would say uh, if if it's Ruby and Jade, uh, Thunder would be the first person to get a shot at the title. I think that would be cool. That'd be cool. I am just you know for me. I want Thunder Rosa to win because she is my favorite women's wrestler. I, oh, yeah, dude. I, I, yeah. No, but it's just like the money match, double or nothing, all out, whatever. The money match is, you know, Thunder versus Brit. That's the money match. That's what we're building to. So if the TBS title keeps them away from each other, whatever. But it's just like I know we're building that to money match. Just like everybody wanted to see Kenny Omega versus Hangman. That Thunder Rosa, Britt Baker women's match is i think it's the biggest money match i had no question about it but moving on though we had malachi black taking on griff garrison of the varsity blondes with brian pillman jr backing him up griff was defending the honor of uh, julia hart who got misted in the face and and i hope it was worth it because you got your ass kicked and uh you came out relatively strong with a nice uh tope suicida at the start but uh, eventually, Black was able to get a leg lock at one point and then just started wailing on him and then just got a fucking brought him down, got a single leg crab, which I that was a cool little thing. I, a single leg crab submission to get a win. I appreciate that, actually. Uh, Malachi Black then immediately roundhouse kicked uh, uh, Griff, uh, Brian Pillman Jr. in the face. And uh, man, I hope Julie appreciated that because, I mean... Yeah, it didn't end up well for y'all. This is one of the strongest, uh, I think, Alakai Black has looked. 
Uh, and, you know, since, you know, they brought him in, I remember he had the match with Martin, and I thought he looked really strong in this. But I, I just think this match was, like, the strongest he looked. He looked dominant. He basically beat up two men. Uh, Brian Pillman was afraid of him, you know, that, and that's kind of like it was like he kept trying to hold uh, – Griff back like you're not ready for this guy and he wasn't he wasn't ready for this guy and and Brian Pillman got to take a kick before of it but I I'm looking forward to what's going on with Alistair Black in the future no question but then we get to the main event we get MJFTR facing off against Sting Darby Allen and CM Punk and yes we talked about the war paint uh, design already this shit was just so fucking cool. Sting comes out. He's got full face paint with CM Punk's crossed fists on his forehead. Darby Allen comes out. He's got the pink styled half face face paint uh, going really old school like it's Sting Surfer paint days. And then we get CM Punk coming out. And he's got the old 90s original WCW Sting cowl design, which I know so many people were looking at as like, why is CM Punk uh, wearing Ultimate Warrior face paint? And I'm like, some of y'all never watched Sting up until the point he had the he he became the Crow, fucking shit. Y'all didn't watch Sting back when he was he had the blonde hair and he was teaming with RoboCop. It's it's very obvious. But, that is very obvious because I never even thought about it. I saw the post like Ultimate. I was like, what Ultimate Warrior? That, no, that's no, that's Sting. no, that's fucking Sting. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? I laughed. I laughed because yeah. But, so, this match fucking kicked ass. This was just a ton of fucking fun. The crowd was rabid for Sting. It's Greensboro. What do you expect? I mean, hell, there was a point where they almost nearly booed when Darby Allen tagged in uh, CM Punk instead of Sting. And they were like, no, we want fucking Sting. Uh, And they were, like I said, Sting got to come in, do a bunch of great work. MJF consistently avoiding uh, CM Punk like the coward bitch he is was wonderful. So great. And then, of course, after the match, he's even hopping on mic screaming that he's ducking me. He's blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, motherfucker, you do this shit so well. It's so fucking good. Um, These guys did great work. Uh, There was a a moment where Punk like seemed like he was actually going to go for like his springboard cross his springboard uh, like just just clothesline drop and uh slipped and was able to actually bounce out of it pretty okay i mean it was clear that it was a botch but he actually recovered from it pretty quick from his hot from the start of his hot tag punk looked good still darby my god when darby fucking flew through the through the bottom rope and bounced into all three of them like holy fucking shit also we need to make sure mjf is okay because when he got when he got thrown out like over the top rope into FTR motherfucker landed right on his head. That shit was really scary. So I I hope that it wasn't a big issue and that he's all right because that shit looked scary. It was like nearly like Sasha bank levels of like Sasha banks level of like landing on your fucking head and neck where I was like, Oh my God, don't do that again because it, it was pretty scary. But the baby faces come out, they get the win. Great work uh, with uh, Darby Allen to hit the coffin drop as punk got the pin after all four of them, after all three of them hit the finisher on Dax Harwood, as MJF quickly got out of the way to just get, uh, well, as Dax shoved MJF out of the way, more in fact, to make sure that uh, he, MJF didn't get hurt. Uh, Dax, Dax Harwood, you know, 
absolute legend and greatest teammate ever. You know, no question. You know, you think you 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 know who's the top. Yeah, you know who are the top guys. Definitely not MJF, but the babyface is going on top. Really great moment. Just the sight of all three of them with the face paint was amazing. Again, it's a fucking banger of a shirt. It's a banger of a print. Uh, so it's just one of those things, dude. It's like I didn't think I'd see fucking CM Punk locking up with the members of FTR. I didn't think I'd see CM Punk teaming with Sting in 2021. And, like, it's it's just nuts. It's honest to God nuts. We're only, like, a few months into CM Punk being in AEW, and I'm already losing my shit over this. And, like, yeah. I know people are already itching for when CM Punk, if he eventually turns heel, uh, and then we kind of move away from, like, the love fest uh, that CM Punk's been running with the fans. Again, I don't care at this point. He could do fucking whatever at this point. I'm just so goddamn happy. Well, I got to say about the match, the match was fun as hell. Uh, FTR, uh, very old school wrestling fans. Uh, They grew up. North Carolina, so they grew up on WCW. They grew up on Crockett. Uh, so, you know, staying, getting in the ring with someone that, you know, most people would have thought was retired 10 years ago and at 62, and he's in there, and they do their best. They they get to live out a dream of fighting Sting in a match, and that was that's awesome. But they performed their asses off, as they always do. They made him look like a god. Oh, my God. Yeah. So I, I definitely love that. Uh, Darby Allen, uh, suicide dive, best suicide dive in the business. I keep saying people say they're like when they say four pillars and Darby's included in that. I can honestly say I don't know if Darby's wrestling in like 10 to 15 years. I don't know. Dude. Yeah. It yeah. yeah. It's, it's like, like he does. Yeah. So it feels like, yeah, maybe throw Britt or someone else in there as a pillar because dude, Darby. I didn't even men- yeah. yeah. I didn't even mention the spot where he got thrown over the top rope and then his face just hit the fucking canvas. Exactly. I mean, I, I, I love Darby Allen. I do. I, I've never 180 on so so much on a wrestler ever. I, I the dude's amazing. I just I just don't know how long his body's gonna hold up. I'm like, if he's wrestling in 20 years, I will be shocked. I will be happy. It will be a happy shocked, but it will be shocked. So no, he's amazing. This match was just fun and exciting. MJF ducking Punk. So they kind of touch, but they never touch. You know what I mean? They're in yep. the ring together, but they never touch. And it's just a old school way of building up anticipation for a match. I'm so excited for when these dudes actually physically get involved with each other. It's going to be amazing. Uh, yeah, this is a really really good episode of dynamite i don't talk about ratings a lot but it was the first time this week it was the first time being up over a million in a while uh i have a little like facebook group with some mutual wrestling fans it's not big it's like 300 and i asked the question uh, about burnout because you know we're hardcore wrestling fans me and you austin hardcore so the idea of there being wrestling on literally every day of the week Sounds amazing. You know what I mean? So you got dark ele- you got dark elevation and raw Monday. You got NXT Tuesday and Dark. Wednesday Dynamite. Thursday Impact. Friday SmackDown. You know what I mean? And then, you know, occasionally they you know, they always have some kind of Saturday show with GCW. So you can pretty much pro watch pro wrestling. And I asked my friends, were they getting burnt out? Was there too much wrestling to try to keep up with? 
Some say, you know, just life, kids, that kind of stuff. Uh, other people were like, yes. I had one friend that said yes. And he didn't seem like he was alone in his thought process that there's just too much wrestling on TV. So I say this as a person that runs the AEW show uh, every week. Don't watch other wrestling. There you go. Simple. <laughs> no burnout. I, I fixed it. Yeah. I mean, look, man. I, uh, I mean, listen. Okay. This This will be my one shot. This will be my one shot. I'll keep it at this. I mean, on one show, I'm seeing like three generations of pro wrestling teaming up to face off against one of the best heels, single wrestlers, and then one of the best heel tag teams in the world. And in the other show, I'm seeing rehashed material of, oh my God, it's a wrestling wedding, but a baby face interrupts it. And then they automatically dump some random dog shit on them and then laugh hysterically as the heel wrestlers are like, I have poo poo on my face. And that's your go home build up for your first pay per view of the fucking new year. That's your that's your fi- that's your final image leading into the pay per view. Buy the pay per view because we just reused this gimmick that we have run at least five other times. Like, I w- I will say this. Uh, I realized very early that there was going to be too much wrestling. Right. I love Impact. I am a big fan of the world current world champion. Uh, but I, I, I knew I had to give up something. I do an AEW show, so I feel like there's a responsibility in me to watch all the AEW programming, which, so if I have questions or how it builds together, I can answer it. So I definitely do that. I watch Raw, and I watch, I watch Raw every week live because I'm generally working when it's happening. SmackDown, eh, it's hit or miss. I sleep through it most of the time, and I'm sometimes fast-forward through it in the morning to know what happens. But I've made a conscious effort not to watch Impact. Not that it's not good wrestling. Not that I don't like the wrestlers. It's just too much. I like regular TV, and I like sports. So trying to keep up with all of that would just make my life nothing but wrestling. And last, I've kind of let go of New Japan. I kind of just watch the big shows. Like, I'll be watching uh, Wrestle Kingdom. I'll be watching the two or three days of Wrestle Kingdom. But that, even that, because you got January uh, day one, you got the four days of Wrestle Kingdom, regular Dynamite, Raw, SmackDown, and Battle of the Belts. That's like 25 to 30 hours of wrestling. And I, you know, I know there's people out there that can watch it all and not have a problem. I am not one of those people. By the time I get to the 20th hour or the 21st hour, I'm kind of doing other things while wrestling's going on. And so I can technically say it was on while I was in the room, but I was on Twitter tweeting about birds or something. I don't know, but I wasn't paying <laughs> attention to wrestling. So do what you got to do. It was a, it was something that got brought up this week. That's why I addressed it on the show because the burnout is real. But you know what I do need you to do? And this is your old friend Floyd talking to you Wednesday and Friday need you be watching AEW yeah I mean it's I can't much argue with it and like if you want to watch the other stuff absolutely I still like I said I was still watching those ones because I mean hell it's pretty much like regular viewing and I can understand burnout for sure it's hard for me to catch it because of work so I mostly like DVR and then like fast forward through it a little bit more um but yeah, it's a lot. So I understand if people are getting burnt out. But yes, make AEW regular viewing because it's. 
I am having way too much fun watching AEW every single week. I, I think it's just consistently good. Like, uh, I will, I could go through everyone and I could tell you about like stinkers that I've seen over the last sure. month or two. And I'm not going to point out to any other company, but I can't. AEW, even when it's not great, it's good. Yeah. And, and that's why I'm saying, hey, how about you give your energy to something you like? And if you don't like AEW, I'm not talking to you, of course. But I imagine if you don't like AEW, you're not listening to this show. No, yeah, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But- yeah, we're good. Moving over, though, to Christmas Day Rampage, which was taped earlier. Uh, we have AEW Holiday Bash Night 2, and we opened up the show with Jungle Boy going one-on-one with Isaiah Cassidy. Uh, so we got Lucha Bro. I mean, not sorry, uh, Jurassic Express against the Hardy Family offense, Office. So we get Jungle Boy in some singles action, which we haven't seen a little bit in a while. And, of course, Isaiah Cassidy... Um, Private Party's still really good. We haven't seen much of them because I guess, honestly, the Hardy Family Office is one of those things where it's like, all right, especially now that um, Matt Hardy's teasing a possibility of the Hardy Boys reuniting in AEW. If that happens, I need the Hardy Family Office to go bye-bye because, I mean, it's it's just one of those things where it's like Private Party honestly works better on their own, I feel like. They did a way better job of establishing themselves when they were by themselves. Um, though while they had Matt as like a babyface mentor, it was fine. Uh, a heel partnership and stuff like that, they faded away a little bit more. So I would like if 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 Matt ain't bullshitting about wanting to get the Hardy Boys reunited for one last run, we need the Hardy Family Office to kind of go away and then everybody in there to go off and do their own thing. That's just what I think. But I think this was a very solid singles match to open up the show. Uh, Jungle Boy, Isaiah Cassidy, these are two of the young guns that are in AEW that are just running, uh, like doing a really good job that have been here since day one. Jungle Boy, as a singles wrestler, is still absolutely insane. I would not be shocked if, um, if the trio, if while the trios title thing, uh, happens or if they end up failing to go for the trios title. Jungle Boy at some point should be fighting, uh, for a legit TNT title reign because I think he could be absolutely insane. Um, but this was a solid match. Jungle Boy gets the good win on the with the snare trap, um, as um, Luchasaurus was able to get uh, Georgia uh, slammed, and then Matt Hardy tried to go for the twist of fate, but then he got shoved out of the way and into a spear from Christian Cage. It's a nice little sequence, uh, and this was solid. I think this was a solid enough match uh, from people. Uh, that honestly, I think again, Private Party is one of those teams that I really think need to be reintroduced because they were so good. I think when they first in like the first year of AEW, Mark Quinn was hurt for a few months, like to the point where like fair people, enough, people were literally asking, "Hey, where's Mark Quinn?" So it, I do, I agree, I agree with you. Uh, like on pretty much everything you're saying. Now that they're back, I'm hoping to get more of them. I am. Uh, I'm a big. I'm big on them. You know, I'm, I, I love Private Party. Uh, that first, uh, when they first debuted and they beat the Young Bucks in the first round of the tag team tournament, that was like like amazing to me. I was like all about them. And it's just, they've really become a like second tier tag team. So I would like to see them, you know, get, you know try to get back to that uh, spot that they were in. So I am with you with that. I am uh, with you on seeing them uh more seen as a serious tag team getting some wins and now that uh mark quinn is back i'm glad he is healthy welcome back mark quinn 
And yeah, so I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, we then had a small video package of the Redeemer Miro continuing to talk about uh, his uh, one and only God. How he's like, you didn't cast me from heaven. You kept me from my home. I will return with no flaws. Uh, I will become a champion again. Um, you sit up there because you feel like you, you not because you feel power, but you, because you feel fear. So continuing to say how like he is going to once again become a uh, champion once again. Uh, so just keeping Miro around. I don't believe he's hurt, but I think they're just like keeping him uh, in people's minds because I that, think that's, just that's my inside thought for uh, the next. Uh, he's my inside thought for the next challenger for Hangman. That's what I would think. Yeah, because I think that would be a hell of a battle. Because he's like, I'm gonna get my belt back. I'm gonna uh, wrestle. I'm gonna get the world title again. It just seems like it's kind of setting up. If they do something, it'll end up being Miro versus Hangman. Yeah. We then had the second match of Hook's career, who is running wild, of course, with his T-shirt sales and all that kind of stuff and really just getting into people's minds. Uh, And also the premier athlete was watching this match as well. And Hook ended up going one-on-one with Bear Bronson from Bear Country. Uh, The the arena was going nuts for Hook. Uh, he tries for uh, it was a pretty it was a pretty back a little bit more back and forth in the first match. Bronson uh, got some good offense on Hook, but again though he spiked him and then Hook just gets right back on his feet. He gets a good clothesline on him, and then eventually he's able to work him down and then just get uh, the the red rum submission. And Bear, Bear Bronson taps out, and Taz just keeps building up his son, just building him up, and yeah, Hook has got a lot riding on him right now. It's got like one of those things where it's like you see a debuting star and you're like, all right, we've got something here. I just can't wait to see what they do with them. But yeah, Hook continues to be a bright, bright thing. Hook is amazing. This match was amazing. Uh, He's being presented in a great way. They're not going to burn him out because a lot of people, he'd be on the show every week. He is not. You know, he was he's just been like on Rampage. I would use him, you know, to keep people watching Rampage. Hook is very much over. Uh, but uh yeah, I, I just thought this was a good match. Uh he he caught some shit for the no sale. He caught some shit for the no sale. Uh Bronson uh dropped him with a Rikishi driver or a greetings from Asbury Park. If you uh for more familiar, and Hook just got up and completely no sailed it, and it was a comp- it was absolute ode to something his dad did when Jerry Jerry Lawler piled around him and then Taz shook it off and then followed up with a clothesline, which Hook then followed up with a clothesline. So it was just a replay of a great moment in his dad's history. Some people, again, unfortunately take wrestling too seriously, so they couldn't see the homage there. So I thought it was a good match. I'm I'm all about Hook. Just need him to keep doing what he's doing. All right. Well, we then had Eddie Kingston talking about how next week he's going to have Santana and Ortiz backing him up, and they're going to take on Daniel Garcia in 2.0. That's a fucking hell of a six-man match. Just to begin with. And then we get some women's action. Legit Layla Hirsch going up against the galaxy's greatest alien, Chris Statlander. This was solid. Layla Hirsch um, is one of those girls that um, has, uh, I think, like, Chris Statlander also, I will say, too. Uh, her her hype since returning has kind of faded a little bit since she got, because uh, she was in the TBS uh, uh, women's tournament, but she ended up getting knocked out. 
Um, and Layla Hirsch, I think, is trying to build back up some momentum as well. Um, and also, there was a little bit of uh, tease for a possible maybe heel turn or a rivalry because this match was a pretty good match, I think. Uh, Chris Statlander would get the win, uh, making uh, Layla Hirsch tap out. She looked to shake her hand after the match was over, but Hirsch slapped her slapped it away and walked off, uh, not showing respect. So this doesn't seem to be over. But this was a, I think this was a pretty good match, I think, between two girls that I, I enjoy. And, yeah, it was a nice lead-in, I think, to the main event. Absolutely. Uh, this is a good, solid match. They played on their history. Uh, they both uh, uh, they both trained at Creative Pro. They were a tag team on the indies. They've wrestled before, and this was just kind of – they were really building into their history. So I do think this is going to be more than a one-match type thing. All right. We now get to the main event, the TNT Championship match between Sammy Guevara and the American Nightmare, Cody Rhodes. Adrenaline in my soul. Three-time <laughs> champion, Cody Rhodes. Oh, yeah, baby. I, I, you know what? I've said there's results out there that this is like my friend, our good friend, JR, that does the show. JR's kind of the, the Joker. He likes to see the world burn. So he was really rooting for Cody to win this match because we both agreed this was a world burn incident. So they have this match. And honestly, one of Cody and, you know, Sammy Guevara is amazing. This is one it, one of Cody's better performances this year. I felt like this was a true, you know, when Cody's good Cody performance. I, I really do. And I think this was a great Sammy Guevara performance. Uh, at one point, Sammy had Cody in the torture rack. And he hit him with the GTS move. Cody kicked out. Cody kicked out. Oh, my God. <laughs> and and uh, Cody kicked out. Uh, he then uh, Sammy then tried to set him up for the six thirty. Cody got those beautiful golden knees up, and then boom, crossroads one, boom, crossroads two, boom. Oh, we're gonna hook the arms. We're gonna draw Tiger Driver ninety seven or ninety eight. 98. Whatever it's a Tiger Driver year it is, it doesn't matter. When Cody does it, it's the Tiger Driver of Nightmare. Because you know what? For some people, Christmas is a dream. For others, others, the hurt, <laughs> Christmas was a nightmare this year. Three-time champion, one, two, three, Cody Rhodes, Shop AEW Pro Wrestling Teams. Give me my damn chart. The only three-time champion in AEW history. Only. Only. Oh, is there a two-time champion in AEW history? No. There's only one three. He is lapping the fucking field. The American Nightmare <laughs> Cody Rhodes, baby. There you go. <laughs> Woo! That was a victory <laughs> lap. I did it backwards because Cody did it. Oh, my God. And I'm not apologizing. Oh, we don't like you, Cody. Oh, Sammy Garza Pillar, Golden Shovel, blah, 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 blah. I don't care. I don't care. All right. <laughs> now, yes, Cody Rhodes has won the TNT Championship for a record third time. And Sammy Guevara's reign relatively short, honestly. 
Um, but the fact of the matter is Cody put in a lot more offense than he necessarily needed to when it came to taking down Sammy Guevara. And once again, uh, like he's already doing interviews and, and stuff that's going around on Twitter of him, like just building himself up and just being like, uh, very, very, very confident in his skills. Like we talk about how Cody's confident. This was like a lot of confidence that he speaks on himself. Um, I'm feeling peace is continuing to be planted in this regard. Um, And again, the company is fully aware of how the crowd has monumentally turned on this man. And they are playing into it. And it's going to lead to a lot, I think. But, I mean, now Floyd, who has complained and complained and complained for about a calendar year about how Cody has been misused, about how Cody has not had enough major storylines going his way and he has not had some significant storylines that have been of any quality he can now say that his boy cody rhodes is once again champion he holds the tnt title and my boy sammy you know what you did your best you held the title for a while but you know what that's it's fine i guess it's can, fine and now can you dig it pun intended <laughs> Well, oh, and we we also must say as well, the legendary David Crockett, uh, he handed the title and presented it to Cody Rhodes. So, ooh. Yes. So I do get to talk about after the show. I don't know if you saw the video after the show. I guess Cody was being a little Cody, and uh, Tony didn't like it. And he said, don't make me do it. I'll do it. Send Hook. And then Hook's music comes out, and Greenboro's super into it. And Hook comes down, hoodie on, backpack on, and slaps the shit out of Cody Rhodes. Now, I did not like that. But I love it. You know, Hook, I don't know where they're going with this Hook a Cody title reign. I don't care, because Cody's the champion. Uh, But, yeah, it ends with Hook. Okay. Interesting. First loss for Hook. I get it. (laughs) All right. Well, we'll see how that we'll see how that goes in that regard. But that was AEW Holiday Bash Night One and Two. Um, but we'll move quickly into the preview for New Year Smash. Uh, we got Thunder Rosa and Jade Cargill going head to head for the semifinal final semifinal match for the TBS title. Uh, we get the six man match between. I'm just gonna call them the Undisputed Era until they give me a name. Uh, Undisputed Era versus Orange Cassidy and Best Friends. Eddie Kingston, Santana, and Ortiz facing off against Garcia in 2.0. The return of Jim Ross. And uh, have they announced any other matches that we need to go through? That is not. They have not. I I watched Dark and Elevation. They didn't announce anything else. So that's it. That's the card for right now. I'm imagining we're going to get some Hangman and uh, Brian Danielson build up. I think that goes without saying. I think we'll get some MJF and CM Punk build up. I think that goes without saying. So I think those things go without saying, but I should say them because they gave us like this. <laughs> they gave us like this uh, half a sh- half a quarter of a corner of a paper of a uh, preview. There's like there's nothing. Like if you but the you, matches that they did yeah. announce, I'm, I'm all I'm into. I'm into. No, oh no, no. Like best friends OC. Versus the Undisputed Era is going to slap. That is going to be amazing. Uh, 
Eddie Kingston and uh, Eddie Kingston, Santana, and Ortiz versus uh, 2.0 and Daniel Garcia, going to be awesome. I'm telling you, a 2.0, good Lord. I'm not, I can't say I'm their biggest fan because, you know, FTR exists, but they're my solid, like, number two because, good Lord, they're just entertaining in everything they're asked to do. I, I say it every week, but it's just, they're just so good. <laughs> that, that that whole confidence. You want a piece? And they're like, they lose every time, and it doesn't matter because they're entertaining every time. So I'm looking forward to that. And it's a per- great mouthpiece because Daniel Garcia is not ready for the mic yet. No, they, he's not. It's like he has two mouthpieces. You know what I mean? It's like, that's great. It's it's amazing. Daniel Garcia versus Hook, dream match. I just want to throw that out there. All right. Mm. But that's what we got for uh, AEW of this week. But we will throw it to Floyd to wrap up the show as we look at the uh, news and headlines that we have for uh, AEW right now. I think we at least hit on everything in here, but this is the last week of Dynamite on TNT. So if you need to adjust your cable, it is going to be on TBS starting next week. That reason being, less preemptions. They will go up against less stuff so it's going to be a tbs product rampage is staying put on tnt with cody as the face of tnt right now uh so he'll probably face the rampage because you know he's cody and it's kind of a big deal uh battle of the belts january 8th only matching that has been announced so far is the current champion Britt baker d m d versus rio Looking forward to it. Someone she's never beat. I'm imagining there'll be at least another t- t- title match in there. We got kind of more details on the One Heart Cup that it's just going to be, there's going to be a men's cup and a women's cup. I think that's the big news from this week for as far as it, but it's going to happen between uh, Revolution leading into Double or Nothing. So I'm really excited. I know Dax Harwood and Cash Wheeler are hoping to be in there as singles competitors. So that would be different. And someone asked today, uh, if they wrestled each other, would this be the first time they wrestled wrestle one-on-one? And the answer was a resounding yes, which actually shocks me. I figured in NXT or something, they would have wrestled against each other. And most important, the last person is Mr. Kyle O'Reilly. The big signing, AEW Kyle O'Reilly, is all elite so him in the undisputed era we got three of the four i mean come on roddy come on come on do what's best for yourself sir do what's best i would love that so yeah i mean we just do what's best i'm not i'm not asking much (laughs) just do what's best for you because my my dream scenario would be the undisputed era the four people of the undisputed era against the evps blood and guts blood and guts Let's go. Yeah, and then and then eventually Johnny Gargano sides too, and then just all hell breaks loose. Is like some of the best members of that NXT era just all of a sudden find themselves on AEW television. Dude, it's gonna be awesome, and it's just like, and you know, it's gonna be presented well. You're not gonna have to watch Kyle O'Reilly versus Adam Cole seven weeks in a row. It's gonna be spread out and built up, and it's gonna be amazing. You know that kind of thing. So I'm looking forward to everything. You know, you know they say you can't have too much talent. AEW is testing that theory, aren't they? They really are. Honestly. We'll see where it goes. <laughs> we'll see but. where it goes because it's going to be some people are going to be really excited. They get signed and they're not going to be featured like they do. Like Jay Lethal, what he's had one yeah. match. He's had one match and went away. And I'm not saying 
not saying that's what's going to be, but I'm just saying there's only so much TV time. So, uh, you know, when you be like, when you're sitting there like throwing up, sign this guy, sign this guy. Understand, you might be signing your guy to just be appearing on Dark and Dark Elevation. Yeah, and like again, like we gotta. We got to realize that, I mean, like, that could be a bloodbath of a locker room, though, just of people trying to get their spot. Yeah. And, but, and I mean, AEW is way more about, like, just the locker room working together. But in terms of just getting TV time, it might get a little bit more difficult. Yes. and But the big thing is they do long-term story plan. They bring everybody. They make them feel a part of the team. From what I understand, this is just a meeting. They make them feel a part of the team. Tony has a vision. So let's go for it going. But I'm just saying – it, that locker room's kind of getting full. You know? Oh, yeah. yeah. So, But that was a shout-out, and that was it. You got anything else, sir? I got nothing else. That, I think, will wrap it up for this episode of All Things Elite. Thank you guys so much for tuning in every single week. We really do appreciate it. If you enjoyed this episode, continue to download the show on Google or Apple Podcasts. And if you listen to us on Spotify or any other podcasting platform, Give us a share with your friends, family, coworkers, whoever you wish, because it really does mean the world. Leave a rating and review. You can leave a donation through Red Circle. On Twitter, we are at ATElitePod. At Social Suplex are the guys that make this show possible. Please check out all their other shows on their network. You will not be disappointed. I am at Austin Sumowitz, S-Z-U-M-O-W-I-C-Z. Floyd is at Floyd Johnson Jr. on Twitter. And as we wrap up 2021... The same year that I joined this show and we move into 2022 for AEW, I will pass it off to my buddy Floyd to wrap up this episode, send us home, and yeah. Yes. Happy New Year, guys. As we go into this glorious new year with Cody Rhodes, your TNT champion, uh, I want to say uh, on a special side note from some things going down, wrestlers are allowed to personalize. They are people just like us things happen not your business i mean even if they bring you in a little bit that doesn't mean you're available all the way you know what i mean it's like what they present to you is what you get and you don't need to fill it in or attack them because it's just it's just not right because me personally I, i always say you know you know when you look at them they are performers they're on the screen they are some of them might be your friends but they are not as collectively our friends they are people that just do their job so let them do their job let them entertain you but when it comes to their personal life just take what information they're willing to give and i think that should would be a new year's resolution for all of us but my new year's resolution is of course to watch as much AEW as possible because i am a mark so that works for me all right so with that i leave you with what i always leave you with Whether it is home, work, or school, always do your best to be elite.